Welcome to a special edition bonus episode of the Academics Podcast. A lot has happened in the world since season two released in mid-January, and I felt that now would be a perfect time for me to just check in with you all and do what I can to provide some type of assistance during this COVID-19 era that we're all going through. I know a lot of you are about to graduate or have recently been laid off or furloughed from your job, so I wanted to speak with someone who could provide some type of useful advice or guidance for us all going through something. I say us because I too have been affected by the situation, which I touch on a little bit in the conversation. In this episode, I sit down and chat with Sarah Adhorn. Sarah is the EVP of Talent at Critical Mass. For those of you that don't know, Critical Mass is a digital experience design agency with a relentless focus on the customer. Their mission is to create experience that improves customers' lives. For more than two decades, they've been designing meaningful customer experiences in the digital space. Side note, I just want to apologize for some of the feedback that you will hear throughout the episode and also shout out to Ty Gates for setting this interview up. Thank you so much. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another special episode of the Academics Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Sarah Anhorn, who's the EVP of Talent at Critical Mass. Sarah works at their New York City office. Hello, Sarah. Can you um, start with giving the listeners a brief introduction of yourself? Great. Thanks for having me, Justin. I'm really, really happy to, to be talking with you and your listeners today. Um, yes, I've been with Critical Mass for just nearly 20 years, um, which uh, has been a, a really fun and exciting ride uh, to see the agency change and grow over that that time period. Um, and uh, in a variety of positions with the agency, learning and growing through, along the way. So in, in your role as, as executive vice president of, of talent, like what exactly does that mean and, and what do you do? Yeah, good question. So I'm lucky enough to, to lead um, all things that have to do with our human resources, our talent acquisition team, our internal communications, and then learning and development. So that's all part of the, the talent portfolio at Critical Mass. Um, and uh, we have the, the lucky privilege of finding, engaging, retaining, keeping, developing talent, um, as well as you know creating, delivering, and evaluating programs and policies that uh, our talent today and talent of tomorrow need in order to to be most impactful in their positions with critical mass. I know you said you've been at critical mass for for 20 years, but within those 20 years, I know you had some gaps and and you did some some other things in between. So can you kind of just, you know, walk us through um, your career thus far, like each step, how you got into the industry and and all the way to the point where, where you are now? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I uh, have a, a history in political science degree, which wouldn't necessarily suggest landing in a, a head of talent for a, a digital marketing agency. Um, but I think it was, you know, timing of, of when websites and digital marketing was becoming a thing that uh, it uh, was just a really great opportunity for me to um, to you know take some of the skills that I'd, I'd learned in, in college in terms of being kind of organized and curious and a strong communicator and uh, jump into a kind of a, a really brand new industry, which is uh, exciting at the time. So it was, uh, I started out actually as a project coordinator in um, Stockholm, Sweden. So it, Critical Mass is a, a Calgary-based agency um, and at the time had a, a, an automotive brand and uh, was lucky enough to win another automotive brand, um, required us to set up a separate agency in Stockholm there. So I was able to go there for about a year and really starting from the ground up as a project manager there. Um, So spent a year there and then came back, finished school, uh, and then started out again in our Calgary location there and worked my ways up in the project management space uh, and then was lucky enough to go to our Toronto location there and start the office uh, there, still within the project management side of things. 
Um, and then took a little bit of time off to do a bit of traveling there. Um, and again, was lucky to come back to, to critical mass after uh, exploring a little bit um, in Australia uh, and came back uh, in a project management capacity and then eventually grew into a uh, global business operations role. So the, a lucky chance for some more travel there um, in starting up our nearshore production office in Costa Rica and then another uh, operation in Amsterdam. Um, then kids entered into things, so I, I took a little bit of time off there, um, and upon returning back, uh, started up in a bit of an experiment in starting an employee experience group. It's kind of a, a little bit ahead of, of, uh, of uh, where the industry now is with, with talent and talent programs being as uh, highly valued as they are, but had a chance to step in to, to start those things out um, at Critical Mass back then. Uh, and then kind of took a, a, a different step into um, back into to the business side of things and moved out to New York about six years ago um, in, a, again, a delivery and a business lead perspective in kind of growing out the office uh, there. So we went from about 20 people to just over 100 in that location. And while there, uh, really stepped into about two years ago into leading the talent side of things. So it was a, a long and circuitous kind of route to where I am today, but it, it, it feels right. And it's a, a really nice um, opportunity to combine um, really understanding for, you know, what it takes to get work done um, and what staff needs to, to be most effective and engaged in an organization. I agree. That's that's a very impressive um, resume. <laughs> You've done a lot. Um, yeah. So one thing that I picked up uh, in, in that was that you worked in Stockholm, Sweden, Toronto, Costa Rica, Amsterdam, and New York, all for critical mass. So um, can you just talk, let's talk a little bit about critical mass. Like, like what exactly is the specialty there and um, how many offices are there worldwide? Yeah, yeah, good question. I'm, I'm happy to, to talk for days about critical mass. <laughs> um, and it, the, the cool thing too is that, uh, so it's been varying periods of time in those locations, um, but there's a lot of people that you'll find, you know, in two, two respects that are, you know, are as tenured as I am with the agency, which I think is really rare in our space, but I think it speaks to the fact that um, it's an, an agency that really does provide endless opportunities for, for staff that's interested in in growing professionally and growing, you know, in their, their travel exposure as well. So, I mean, that, that certainly is a, a really, really unique part of critical mass. Um, and you've got a lot of people that have had that chance to, to, you know, to sidestep their careers or from, from project management to UX to tech, whatever that might be. And it, it's very encouraging of, of people growing, you know, uh, in a lateral perspective as well. Um, so critical mass right now is a, a just shy of a thousand people globally. Um, as I mentioned before, we were uh, started in Calgary, Alberta, which isn't the most obvious of places for digital global digital agencies to start out. Um, but we like to say at that time, kind of we were had to travel a little further and uh, and you know go outside of uh, our, our comfort zone more than than uh, agencies that may have started in more traditional perspectives. So I think that's that's kind of part of our our DNA of, as an agency to to have that kind of. Uh, scrappy, try-hard <laughs> nature at, at our, our core as well. Um, so Calgary's our, our, uh, our headquarters still, um, and then we've got an office in Toronto, Ontario as well. And then throughout the U.S., we've got, uh, our, like I mentioned, our New York office where I'm based, uh, Chicago office, office in L.A. and Nashville, and then Cupertino where we do some really exciting work there, and then an office in London as well. So that's kind of our, our footprint um, globally. Okay, that's that's a, a a lot of of office space. A lot of people um, working within the company. Um, you know, do do your offices all run together, or are they like independently um, their own type of shops? 
Yeah, good question. And, and each agency does things a little bit differently. We we like to talk about um, critical mass as, as one CM. So that's you know in terms of our our values are really at our core. Obviously, there's you know uh, you know local nuances and and cultural elements that we're very mindful of and encourage uh, those expressions as well. But from a from a you know company culture and company values perspective, we're really 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 proud. Um, of the culture that we've built and that, you know, part of, you know, people like myself that have had the, again, the good chance to do that as a way of, uh, you know, kind of um, setting and sharing that culture across a company. Um, so yeah, our, our programs are global. Our businesses run in a global capacity. Um, we, you know, share staff across, uh, across locations, um, really where, where the, the talent and where the work is best suited is, is how we align our work. Um, and, and again, come back to that one CM, um, wherever we may be. Okay. And just, just to, you know, kind of stay on the topic of critical mass. I know a lot of listeners who turn in are, are, are college students and are Mm -hmm. trying to figure out the industry and and understand exactly, you know, all the companies involved and what companies do. So I try to narrow in on exactly like what specific agencies do, because some people are interested in different things. So, Mm -hmm. um, with critical mass, like what, you know, what, what exactly do you guys do? Are you guys a full service agency? What is it like? Yeah, sure. Um, so we, we, you know, as a, our, our tagline really is a digital experience uh, agency with a relentless focus on the customer. So really that, that does apply to us being a full service agency. So everything from strategy and planning to the experience design where a, a bulk of our, our roots really, really come from um, to marketing communications uh, and then tech implementation and marketing science data, that side of things. So really um, the, the full, full suite is uh, what we're lucky enough to work on with our clients. Okay, perfect. Now let's let's jump into you know the I guess the elephant in the room um kind of why we're we're sitting down doing this episode um we're currently going through the pandemic the COVID nineteen thing that's going on and it's really affected the industry and a lot of people individually so I kind of wanted to get your perspective as as a person that works in the talent department um you probably are getting um, are probably hit the hardest with this and making tough decisions and and trying to navigate these these new waters that we're in so. Um, you know, from from what you've seen and heard at your agency or other shops, like, are there specific departments within the agency that are are really um, going through a tougher time with this and and in terms of layoffs? Yeah, and it, it is it is the elephant in the room, and it's I mean it's a remarkable in many capacities. It's, this really is affecting all of us across the globe, right? Um, I mean, I can't speak to what, how other agencies are handling, but but I mean, in, uh, assuming that you know, leadership, just like what we're we're having happen at Critical Mass, is really making decisions that are going to be best for the agency at large, and really is going to help us weather this uh, as as safely and and responsibly as possible for you know from a business side of things as well as from a an employee side of things. Um, I think the other part too that that's uh, you know is that we're in a service industry, right? We're we're susceptible to the challenges that our our clients are being hit with as well, and so some verticals uh, more more intensely and more acutely than others. You know, travel, hospitality, events, retail, for example. You know, our clients are are feeling that you know for in those verticals most uh, immediately. It's also opening up, um, you know, in some ways, opportunities, I guess, uh, in, in in other areas to be delivering that seamless digital experience, you know, to, to kind of account for things that may have happened in a more physical capacity that are now shifting to happening in a more um, digital um, capacity now. So, yeah, it's it's hard to say, you know, each, each agency is going to be responding differently. I know 
like I said, from our side, we're really looking at it as what's what's going to get us through this um, as as safely um, from a financial perspective uh, when when we do eventually emerge from these really really tough times. Yeah. Um, with the with this next question, I kind of want to get it's kind of a personal question, but I'm sure a lot of people will. Um, you know, are in the same situation. Um, I personally um, recently graduated um, back in December and I've been interning. And while I've been doing some job interviews, trying to, to plan my future and, um, you know, just, just days before the whole work from home situation happened, I, I had just accepted an offer that was a dream job with a dream company. Um, you know, they, they I put in my two week at the company that I was interning with. Um, I ended a two week and then I contacted the recruiter just to, to see what we were, um, if the plans had changed with with the orientation and, um, you know, they responded and they rescinded my offer just day, days before I was supposed to start due to this. And for me, I, I'm kind of, I'm unsure on how what to do at this point. Like, do I continue to try and apply for jobs or contact recruiters at this time like for people who are are in this type of situation where they're in between jobs or looking for a role um you know what what type of advice would you give those people yeah thank, thanks justin for sharing that and i'm, I'm i can't imagine the the stress that you're you're feeling as well and i'm really sorry you're in this position i think the the you know it's important to remember that a lot of people you know just, just as you've described you know through absolutely no fault of their own have been laid off or had offers rescinded or furloughed recently um you know in addition to new grads are facing a really tough job market when with you know increasing numbers of job seekers and fewer openings and we absolutely acknowledge that you know a, a pausing a job search may not be an option for some people in light of that right so i guess what i'd say if you're out looking for a job as uh, I, I mean this to be as the most sensitive as possible, I think it's about adjusting your expectations too, right? Mm-hmm. Do what you can to you know remain as patient as possible, as as optimistic as possible, which I absolutely appreciate isn't easy right now. Um, but just you know being sensitive to the new pressures, sense to use this time as well, maybe to to think about some new skills that you might want to 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 be using this time to to you know take take a look at. There's a ton of content out there right now. Um, you know, from TED Talks to three percent to all kinds of really amazing organizations that are that are posting really valuable and inspiring um, and meaningful content in terms of trying to help uh, use this time to to develop some new skills. Uh, I guess it's it's also tapping in and shoring up the network that I, I know you already have and others like yourself already have. Um, and I, I guess you know if if um, if that's of any any reassurance too, I, I think we're all trying to be as positive in. And weathering this together and and we will you know come out of this at some point and and things are going to bounce back and there will be opportunities so using this time to I guess yeah adjust expectations ever so slightly and see what you can do to maintain those connection points with uh, the network that you do already have yeah thank you for that yeah um I know you were um at critical mass during, you know, the last recession and, you know, mm-hmm. we're projected to be going through a recession in the future, um, yep. in the recent future now. Um, so I kind of want to, you know, reference what it was like during that time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how did you see the the advertising marketing industry? Um, how was it affected back then? And, and like, how long did it take? And what was the process of getting it back up and running? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question too. And and I think that the, the, the back, here too is is that like it's it's scary right it's scary for 
is scary for people within the agency. It's it's also the other side of it to keep in mind is our, like I mentioned before, our, our clients are going through this all together as well. So that the uncertainty that um, all of these time or you know the these times place on everyone causes a lot of uh, of stress, and that that can weigh on people immensely. I think part of it too is that. Um, you know, it's it's reliant on the the and dependent on the client base of your agency. So each agency is going to be affected in terms of of their ability to respond, depending on what their clients are going through. Right? Um, it's also you know the the leadership that an agency has in place and the decisions that they're making, preserving as much business as possible, as many um, jobs as possible, and setting setting the agency up to be as well prepared to, to move quickly when things do uh, get get back into a, a more um, profitable position. I think, um, kind of thinking back to, to 2008, um, it, it, you know, I, I think back to the leadership that we had in place there and, and many of that leadership exists today still um, incredibly strong, incredibly, um, you know, um, de- determined and consistent in, you know, what they were placing as priorities. And that's, like I mentioned, the, the, the health of the business as well as the you know the, the well-being of our employees and that was you know really at the core of, of the decisions that they made um, and fortunately we were able to weather that and and bounce back you know later in, in 2008 um, as a, a united and strong leadership team which then set such a great example for the rest of the the agency there too it's okay. tough to, to stay positive in this in these times but I think when you when you just you know you find those stories and you find the types of leadership that really um, you know, conducts themselves with with transparency and honesty and integrity. It's it's you know hanging on to those those things as as uh, hopeful beacons to just drive some of your own decisions and strategies around as well as is positive. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of like the, the current climate, um, you know, where is critical mass at as far as you know the hiring and interviewing process? Because I have looked at the the website and the LinkedIn, and I see some jobs that are posted. Oh. And I'm sure you guys are getting applicants. So like, are you guys in the process of hiring still, or is that on hold? Like what, what's happening there? Yep. I think Justin, I heard most everything. There was a little bit of a cutout. So maybe you're kind of just uh, asking in general is critical mass. What's our state in terms of, of hiring right now? Is that a fair summary, yes. summarization? Okay. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we are still hiring. Uh, we're, we're, you know, as most agencies right now, obviously applying a, a whole lot of discipline there too, and being absolutely certain that, you know, we're first and foremost doing whatever we can to, um, to look after the staff that we, we already do have on board um, right now. Um, so with that in mind, there are, there are still opportunities um, that we've got with some of our organizations that, uh, account that we have in Cupertino um, is is continuing to to thrive and grow there. So we've got a lot of um, opportunities in that side of things. So we are still going in. And as I mentioned, even as you're asking about kind of tips for people in that process, I think we've certainly seen um, a, a slowdown across the board now. So we're being really mindful and respectful with candidates to just let them know that we're we're being cautious and and moving maybe a little bit more slowly uh, throughout the process. But you know we're we're hoping that by being transparent and upfront with, you know, how quickly we expect things to move. That's, uh, you know, showing respect to the candidates as well throughout that process. Yeah. So for the people that, that are going through, you know, interview processes, um, we're now in this whole video chat um, situation. So like <laughs> for people doing job interviews via Skype or Zoom, um, you know, do you have any tips for, for people? 
That's a really good question. And I think one one thing to note is that uh, we're all we're all in this this new phase together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're and adjusting quickly. Some of us more more prepared than others with you know office setups, but many people literally overnight needing to assemble spaces that that uh, they can feel productive in. Um, I think that as much as possible, and this this again appreciating the the circumstances we're in. Trying to have as few background distractions as as you can is always good, just for your own ability to to focus and to to feel <laughs> invested in that. You know, the forty five minutes to the hour that you've got time with a, an interviewer. Absolutely appreciating the fact that you know we're all we all have new coworkers now, many of us, right? Whether that's partners, roommates, pets, family members, whatever. So we we get that that's uh, we're we're all dealing with that together. Wherever possible, though, it's just, you know, being as professional and, and focused as you can be, as interruption-free as possible, that, that's always helpful for everyone to, to go there. But, I, I mean, I think there is most, most certainly an appreciation that that's not always going to be 100% positive for everybody right now. Yeah, yeah. So as a, as a you know, a person who works in a very um, high position within an agency, especially within HR, um, you know, do you think that... Um, you know, the, the virus will affect the way that things are run, like from an operational perspective within agencies once this is all over? Like, have hmm. you guys begun to discuss th- those type of things? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And um, I think, you know, part of why critical mass in particular, and there's a, there's a lot of companies that have, that have been doing this for a while as well, but, but critical mass was, had really embraced, uh, so we, we call it liquid talent. Um, we, we were pretty accustomed and pretty comfortable to be able to to be working in a in a more remote fashion than many other many other organizations um, are today. So um, yeah, working remotely, I think a hundred percent remotely is is certainly a stretch for us too. But in terms of just comfort level with um, you know periods of our or portions of our team being remote um, from a tools perspective, from a communication collaboration, all of all of that ways of operationally working together effectively. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of an inevitability for most organizations in light of us kind of coming through this with that experience is going to be a, a pretty natural way for many organizations to, to work moving forward for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to, you know, stay focused on um, the area I think where people find the most value in, in these conversations um, is, you know, the just the whole, your perspective on, um, you know, when you're looking for talent or when you're, you're hiring talent, you know, this is a really stressful situation for a lot of people and they usually have, you know, a lot of questions. So I kind of want to focus on, um, move the interview towards, you know, these, these people who are now entering the job market with, with the, the situation that we're going through. I know a lot of people, it's, it's a little bit easier for us to, um, for people to get a feel of us and hear our story, um, in person. So, for people who are applying now and trying to stand out within a crowd who don't have the ability to be face to face with people, um, you know, what are some ways that people can stand out when applying um, in this digital space? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a really good question. Um, I think, I mean, there's there's some kind of hard and fast sort of basics in terms of of just kind of presenting yourself in a in a really um, put together manner from a resume side of things. I think, you know, being really pointed and being really concise in outlining your experiences in you know chronological order, easy to read, not overwhelming it with with too much stuff, not over designing the content as well. Mm. Um, I think one thing too is that a lot of a lot of sites, just from a, a ease and convenience side of things, have allowed for kind of the one-click uh, application, which is 
great, and that, that's fantastic. I think what helps to take it a little, you know, that one extra step is to, you know, take take the extra time to upload the resume as well, just to provide that much more context within that um, interaction too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other things, this, this may sound really obvious, but again, in light of just, it's, let's, let's not overstate the obvious either, or, or um, uh, make any assumptions rather, just when you're, when you're um, providing content being, it's, it's accurate and it's, it's detailed and there's no errors and that when you're including links and in resumes, for example, making sure that they're functional, not having 404 errors. Um, again, that it's, uh, you know, if you're, if you've got a portfolio, uh, and a link there, including the password as well. Just anything that you can do to take away that extra step um, for a recruiter that's that's looking through content as well, um, for serving that up as easy as possible. I think another interesting way to, to consider how you can set out too is is even when you present um, work that you've done, is kind of keeping in mind maybe a bit of a, a case study uh, format. So talking about you know what your role was in a in a particular project or piece of work. What you know as a way of kind of demonstrating the approach that you might have taken to, to solving that problem or the approach that you took to collaborating with the team um, as much as, you know, what, what the results were from that. And I think it really helps to showcase just your, your thinking style and your problem solving style as another way to, to set you, set you apart um, as well. Yeah. And then, yeah. Sorry, one, sorry. No, no, sorry. One other thing, Justin, I was going to say that uh, again, this, this sounds obvious enough, but I think it's can't be overstated that, um, Having a, you know a LinkedIn profile is a, a really you know basic but important way just to maintain um, being findable right and being a part of that community, and having that obviously uh, reflect anything that you have um, included within your resume as well. So those are those are some kind of I think some fundamental basics to to just make sure that you've got got in place entering into this space right now. Yeah, yeah. What's what's your opinion on cover letters? I know in school those are stressed, but then when in the industry I found that people are like, oh, I don't even read them. Yeah, no, I think certainly within our space, it's not something that, that we emphasize at all. I think it maybe depends on the on the industry, but um, from our side, it's, I mean, there may be some roles like copywriting, for example, that it, it helps to showcase, but it's, um, yeah, certainly not something that uh, we're finding as kind of a, a common practice within, within our hiring side of things. Yeah. yeah. What about um, social media accounts? Are, are those reviewed? That's a good question. And I, I know there's a very, you know, different schools of that. I know that, you know, for my side of things, it's, um, or, or, or it really varies by, it's, it's certainly not a practice at Critical Mass, for example, as you kind know, of a checklist. Did you, did you go and check the, the candidate's social media? That's not something that we uh, mandate by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it depends too. I mean, there, there may be some hiring managers, for example, that see that as a way of, of just getting to, to know candidates um, better. I think that's, again, up, up to, up to them whether they find that I think one thing for candidates to keep in mind and uh, again this may, may be obvious enough but I mean you're it, it's out there right and people are looking at that so yes just just keep that in mind that whatever kind of yourself that you're representing in there is available for for um, hiring managers or, or recruiters to be looking at so just be comfortable and confident with with what you're putting in there that it may be something that at some point people look at but it's yeah certainly not a, not a, a formalized practice uh, from our side of things Got it. And um, in terms of, okay, so when, let's say we're on LinkedIn, we're, we're searching for a position with critical mass, you guys have a list of qualifications. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say an applicant meets, you know, seven out of 10 um, of the bullet points, right? Like, sh- at what point should a person just disqualify themselves from the job? And, you know, should they 
feel 10 of 10 or, or like, what's, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's, I mean, I think there's also too many schools where even, you know, from a, a gender side of things that there's, you know, males are more likely to, there's a million studies on this too, but are more likely to apply if they've even got, you know, six or five of those bullets checked off versus women not. So I think that's an upsetting um, reality in some cases. Uh, generally, it's, and even from our, a lot of our um, postings, we've started to strip out uh, education uh, expectations and even years of experience too, just as a way of of uh, taking that out of consideration and, and ensuring we're not um, excluding people before they've even entered into to the process there. I think it's more important to if you as a candidate is, you know, getting a sense that this is a, an opportunity that you're curious about, that you've got, you know, uh, um, some passion and, and uh, you know, and, and a willingness to, to learn and to grow within this position, I think that's where I'd start instead. Um, and, and coming with questions, too, I think is a really important uh, consideration for candidates that may, may not feel as though they've got all of those pieces checked off necessarily, but I think there's a way to turn, you know, the, the three or four that you're not feeling as certain about as a way of demonstrating your your willingness or eagerness to to grow and to to learn in those spaces as well yeah so i've i've found that um you know advertising is is an industry especially within the the agency side of things it's an industry that's that's really inclusive and you know what have you found to be some of the most effective ways of recruiting people that are not necessarily aware of the industry yeah, that's a good that's a good question. And I, again, back back to at the beginning of the of the conversation here, how in the world someone uh, you know with a history and political science degree is is here today is is, is a, a funny uh, recollection. Even um, I think part of it is too. I mean, we've we've got a lot of our our uh, at varying levels uh, across our our agency that are part of. Um, Know, the design community and extending, you know, showing, showcasing what it is that advertising does within those across organizations. We've got a lot of really strong uh, relationships at a, at a local level too, with colleges and universities um, and communities within there to, to help talk about and showcase what kind of opportunities um, that you know people within design or within marketing, for example, can can uh, can get become a part of of uh, advertising through there. Um, and I think too, uh, you know, through awards communities and, and so that side of things too, we started to just just have a greater profile there and showcasing what what uh, what career paths look like um, within those spaces too for for uh, new grads too. Yeah. So I know you mentioned that you know you've been in the industry for over twenty years now, and it's it's no secret that the industry has struggled. Um, and continues to kind of struggle with diversity and kind mm -hmm. of systematic, um, you know, issues. Um, you know, I want to just kind of talk about, you know, how it was when you came into the industry and, and if you've seen or how you've seen um, things progress up to this point. Yeah, that's a, a really good question. And I, I, you're absolutely right that, I mean, it, it still remains today that, that um the advertising space is is uh, you know at risk of, of really becoming irrelevant if we're not if we're not keenly aware of of some of the disparities from a from a gender perspective and from a, a race and many other areas as well, um, that we're not you know you know mindful of what the world looks like and that we're we're building our agencies to be reflective of that in order to you know share ideas and solutions that you know resonate most with with that um, the, the population right. 
Um, I think we've certainly seen a, a ton of progress. And I will say, again, I, I, I'm in a very, very fortunate position to be a part of an agency which has always, um, you know, valued people and has created a very welcoming um, and inclusive um, agency just as part of, of who we are and, and how we were founded and how we've evolved. So I, I appreciate the, the, the very unique and fortunate position I'm in personally um, being part of an agency like this as well. Um, I think too, I mean, the, the areas from a, a discipline perspective and kind of um, obviously I think uh, creative and technology in terms of, of gender um uh, some disparity there at more senior levels is something that you know we've seen organizations I mentioned before, but even you know like the the three percent um, movement there, and the, the the progress that that you know organizations like that and others similar within that space have been able to make. You know, Creative Equals is another one that we work with in the UK. Uh, the Dots another one there too. So there's certainly a lot of really great um, momentum and traction um, that I think we're we're relying on the the movement that we've been able to see from from that side of things. I think other other organizations um, like Ad Color, like MAPE, and you know a lot of pieces within the forays, for example, too, are doing. Um, there's another platform that Critical Mass works with uh, called Work Wider, and so that's a, a job posting platform uh, focused, ex- you know, pretty exclusively on on um, diverse uh, job seekers as well. So becoming a part of that is, again, encouraging to see some movement there. Um, it's it's a it's a long play. I think it's it's hard to be patient, but certainly um, you know recognizing that it's something that we've got uh, you know executive and leadership commitment on across many organizations is is uh, what's inspiring to keep kind of moving in that direction. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna wrap up the interview pretty soon. I just have a few more questions. Um, just mm-hmm. to kind of um, just to kind of change uh, subject matter a little bit. Um, you know, you've you've been in the industry all this time, and um, I'm sure when you came in, you you probably didn't know much about it. But um, you know, so let's say you could go back in time and and give your your younger self some advice 20 years ago coming into the industry. Um, you know, what would you say? I like that you said younger, so you added the er. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's a it's a good question, and in some ways, it's it's kind of like don't don't take myself too seriously, you know. Um, but at the same time, that you know, being passionate and caring, and and I think that's and um, wanting to to do my absolute best is something that I, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't take back. I think it's you know, take take my work and my contributions seriously, and maybe not me <laughs> so much. Um, and I think the other thing too that I've I've certainly uh, learned later in my career, and, and maybe wish that looking back, it had been something that um, I had been able to do earlier. Just speaking up and asking the questions. I talked about that a little bit earlier too. Is that um, you know be a part of the conversation earlier. Observing is absolutely important, and you know it's it's really key to just demonstrate your appreciation for uh, you know being curious. Yeah. What about people who um, you know have a goal of of being in HR and eventually getting you know, to the level that, that you're at, um, just for them entering into the industry right now, um, do you have any advice for people who are looking to get into the HR people department? Like what type of personal quality should they have or, you know, what should be their focus? Yeah, no, that, that's a good question. And and I think in part two, I think it's really important to, you know, to, to build that network. So to, to find, you know, leaders within the space and reach out and connect and, and to, you know, build that up too. I think there's a ton that can be learned and people are, I think more willing to to help others uh, find their paths um, than sometimes we might think. So I think that's that's one thing is just to you know find people, find writers, contributors, you know whatever that that 
have inspiring things to say and reach out and, and ask questions of them. I think too, I mean, being someone that, that this wasn't necessarily my, my North star, but it, it's, I, I feel like it's a really uh, satisfying position for me to be in right now is um, making sure that, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you feel like you're learning something new and that you're, you're being challenged and pushed and supported every single day um, is a really, really fantastic spot to, to be in. And, you know, I think the other final thing kind of about HR in particular is that um, it's such an important, such an important part of so many organizations. Uh, finally, you know, we're, we're feeling other organizations really prioritize, you know, the engagement of talent. Um, and that's a really exciting position to be in, to be able to, to, to see and develop and create programs and policies that are really resonating and helping our, our staff along the way. So that's a very uh, rewarding position to get to be a part of. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, Sarah, this has been a great interview. I think a lot of people will find they'll be, they'll be able to benefit off this and help them get through this this time that we're going through. Um, thank you so much for you know taking the time to sit down with me and do this. Um, just before we go, um, how can listeners get in touch with you if they have any questions? No, great. And, and yeah, to, I, I just want to echo as well where we started out. I, it's been a really... I, you know, honor to be to be a part of this and has discussion with you, Justin. I think you've you uh, do some really great work and are providing a great service to a lot of people. So thank you for that as well. Um, and I, I think just whatever people can remain as positive and op- optimistic as possible and find those little glimmers of hope in a in a really tough time is for reaching out to me. Uh, LinkedIn is the best way, and uh, I love meeting new people via there and and uh, helping and sharing as much as possible. So LinkedIn. Sounds good. Thank you so much again. Um, stay safe, Sarah. I know you're here in, in California. Um, you know, enjoy your time here as much as you can. And um, yes, yeah, stay safe. And, and thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Same to you, Justin. And take care. All right. Bye. Okay, bye bye. What's up, everybody? Before we go, if you want to hear and learn more about the ad industry, make sure you check out our other episodes in the podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, you can email academicspodcast at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Feel free to like, leave a review, post it on any and all social channels. You can find us on LinkedIn and Instagram at academics, or you can find me personally at Justin D. Barnett. I'm Justin D. Barnett, and you've been listening to the Academics Podcast.